0: welcome back to the greatest podcast on heaven and earth cinema de More. we're back we're talking about wes craven again the last time we're going to be talking about him for the year four episodes that's enough definitely is enough i'm justin morgan i'm your host i'm here with
1: chuck
2: lexi and a guest hey this is jacob that's jacob it's me <laughs> he's been here before i've been here before
0: we're gonna be talking about west craven's his most personally hated movie he does not like this at all
3: cursed
4: <laughs> who's that i see walking in these woods?
0: first from 2005 it definitely is with Christina Ricci and Joshua Jackson Jesse Eisenberg
5: I don't blame him it's it's not his fault this is a time you'll notice that there were two amazing names on there Mr. Uh, Weinstein and Weinstein this was during that era where they loved fucking over R-rated movies and making them PG-13 edited down bullshit it's terrible
0: we covered Serpent and the Rainbow thanks to Chuck yeah shocker and The People Under the Stairs, thanks to Lexi, and I'm Cursed. And of the four movies, The People Under the Stairs is the only one that's went Wes Craven's way.
5: I mean, that's his absolute best movie of all time. I mean, it's it's one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time, and it's probably the only good movie he's actually directed that has, I don't know, legitimacy? I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Nightmare and I like Scream, but people on the stairs is just a great movie it's just super well done and it's amazing
2: i think it's well liked amongst horror people but i don't think it's um it's not one that a lot of people know but the horror community definitely embraces it it's a standout with that stuff
0: you're describing a cult classic lexi
2: yeah i guess i don't i i failed
5: (laughs) amongst horror fans yeah it's a cult it's a cult classic
2: yeah but it's not i was gonna say it's not recognized the way that scream or nightmare is serpent in the rainbow got heavily
0: butchered during the production and post production.
2: Yeah, they had a
5: lot of weird shit too.
0: Shocker was the same. And Cursed, I actually read the original shooting script today, so I know what his intentions were. Because when he first started filming in 2002 or 2003, they shot for three weeks and then the wine scenes halted production because they did not like what they were seeing. Ultimately, it was a huge rewrite. And they reshot four times. They recast. They moved scenes around. They reworked everything. And it just sounds like total chaos and garbage. And I can understand why Wes Craven just totally hates this movie.
5: No, you can tell because when you watch it, there was something that that Lexi and Chuck were talking about during Serpent and the Rainbow about his dream sequences. You can tell that, he just kind of stopped giving a fuck during the filming of this because he put in like a dream sequence which is great because once again it's one of those things where you're like oh there's a dream sequence happening it's just happening and it's like just fountains of blood everywhere uh this is the unrated version i watched by the way i don't watch the bullshit edited version
2: i don't know anything that you're talking about at all i didn't see any of that <laughs>
5: there's a dream sequence christina ricci bites uh josh's neck and then a fountain oh, of blood comes up that was
2: the dumbest yeah. thing i ever saw yeah I was like laughing hysterically when I saw that. Uh, when, they did the, when they did
5: the carnage at the end, uh, he's just like, just add blood to everything. I don't fucking care anymore. It's in the making of. You can hear him in the background. He's like, just more blood, whatever. And they're like, yeah, it's a West Korean film. You just do more blood. You can tell everyone is extremely uncomfortable because they're like being forced to hype up a movie that none of them care about anymore. But it's sad because you can tell that at one time they seem like they actually gave a fuck and then they stopped caring. It's kind of sad. But it's a fun movie. It's fun. Yeah, the
0: original script, no dream sequences at all. There's no dream sequences.
5: Just to throw out the werewolf lore too, this is supposed to be a film that's like a parody and it's supposed to be like a comedy. But unfortunately to me, he completely missed the mark. I, as a big werewolf nerd and horror fan, didn't pick up on any of that shit. None of the lore is actual Hollywood lore or werewolf lore, which we've discussed before. Lexi knows that I'm a nerd about that. None of it's there. You just shoot up shit that doesn't work that way with werewolves. You know, they talk about, well, if you decapitate, Tatum, then you can end the curse. That doesn't fucking work. It's in neither Hollywood lore or in fucking movie lore. It's actually a vampire because that's how you kill yeah. a vampire. <laughs> it's a
3: vampire lore,
5: exactly. It's oh, it's so aggravating. Well,
0: I mean, in all honesty, that was Jesse
1: Eisenberg. That was they break their own lore.
3: It's like why they break that yeah. too when it's like uh when they kill the one, like it gets shot in the head, and they're like they didn't separate the head from the body, and he's like, well, the brains are all over the floor, so I guess that's good enough. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yep and they can't make up
5: their mind with normal bullets by the way none none silver whatsoever
3: yeah not silver bullets
5: they can't make up their mind what kind of curse it is because they're like one minute it's like oh you can't control it the next minute it's like well i i can control it and the other person who was a victim was like yeah i can control it too but the other's like oh i can't control it yeah it comes and goes it's sloppy it's so fucking sloppy
2: justin what is the plot of this movie
0: Christina Ricci and her brother, they're in a car accident on Maholland Drive and they essentially get scratched by a werewolf and they're trying to figure out who this is because they understand that it's a person when they get down to the fact that they decide that it's a werewolf. It kind of goes from there where it's just people kind of learning about what werewolves are (laughs) and as Jacob said, it kind of just only touches the surface.
5: It's its own genre. It makes its own rules, which is fun. It's kind of like what they did with Freddy versus Jason. They're just like, you know, we have franchises, but fuck it. We're going to make our own rules for this movie to work. And unfortunately, that's what Wes Craven did with this is he made his own rules for it to work.
0: It's just so all over the place for like what the movie ends up being. The beginning of the script ends up being very scream-like where the girl that's dressed like the leopard is talking to a guy that's dressed like a wolf at that PETA, you know, endangered species fundraiser that they were having.
5: And look, there are some nice touches like the outfit. Yeah, she ends up going
0: down in the parking garage and that would have been... In like the first scene in the movie. Apparently, a lot of beautiful work by Rick Baker in this movie, and they fired him or he walked. And yeah,
5: brought in Greg Nicotero.
0: That's
2: fascinating because somehow this movie has both the worst CG I've ever seen and the worst practical effects I've ever seen. Both sides for two thousand five.
5: Yeah. And the shit that we've seen recently, I have to say because I said through RoboCop, it's better CG than RoboCop. No, it's not. And that's saying something. No, it's not. It is. No, it's it, not. Is. No, it it's is not. It is it is it is much better. It's not
0: the worst movie. <laughs> it's like very mediocre, which is maybe the greatest offense that you can have making a movie.
5: What well, make a, it's the worst popcorn movie or the best flick. movie. Yeah. Don't make an in the middle movie. I
2: hate movie. that answer. It's a popcorn It's fun and flick. stupid.
5: It's a it, that's what it is. It's fun and stupid. And here's the thing, it was supposed to be a parody in a way like a little bit of black comedy. Based off of American Werewolf in London, and then about halfway through, it becomes kind of more Teen Wolf. The problem with that is those are two different subgenres of werewolf movies, and I, I they just didn't mix well. But also on top of that, you have the fucking Weinstein's fucking everything over in it and i just think west could have done so much better
0: well it seemed like the idea originally was more streamlined and more focused and it was about these three characters that were unrelated they got attacked by this werewolf and the first couple nights before a full moon so they give the werewolf a couple days that it's like around and they're dealing with the transformation and trying to figure out what's going on and everything kind of falls together And I guess that's something that they weren't happy with. They weren't happy with how simple it was. And then you get this cut that they released, and it's cut together like real sloppy. They opened it with this scene with Shannon Elizabeth getting her palm read by a character that is actually in the original cut. But like the way that they had it originally was that she was like a shitty boardwalk tarot card reader. But it was actually funny that she wasn't legit gypsy. And then when the way they play it in this movie in the very beginning,
5: it just seems like... I don't know. It's just not. She's supposed to be a nod to the gypsy woman as well. And they didn't even do that. Right. Yeah, She
3: feels like she's like cut out the way she just randomly pops up at the beginning and then just shows up at that random moment in uh, in the office and and just goes, hey, I think you're a werewolf and you need to figure this out and then just disappears again. And I'm like, is there a character? She's
2: absolutely. Waste of a good actress too, like complete waste of a decent actress. She's probably one of the uh, the gypsies.
5: The gypsy is listed as number three in the credits. (laughs) <laughs>
0: I believe it. But yeah, she that's was originally wild. supposed to be like mid movie. There was a character before Joshua Jackson that Skeet Ulrich played that was like a rich kid. He was just kind of like a playboy type character. And they all have the pentagram things that like are on their hands That's stuck. And that's where they they're describing like the mark of the beast and she can sense it. It's actually funnier the way that it plays out in the scripts because they're like, how do you know this? And she's like, oh, I went to community college and I did a little bit of uh, occult stuff. And then they're just like, just like, sorry, I'm not a legit gypsy, but I did notice it, didn't I? You know, and it actually comes off kind of funny. Scott Baio is in this movie. Uh, yeah. Canceled now. God. And, this is when Scott
5: Bayo started playing himself in every movie. Y'all what? remember that when Scott Bayo would just show up in films as Scott Bayo? So no, Scott
0: Bayo, too, was also one of the big reveals at the end of the movie. He was one of the werewolves. <laughs> in, the, in the original plot, he's not the main werewolf. It's still Joni, which mm. is.
5: Instead, he gets the greatest line ever where it's, We got to run. There's fucking werewolves in here. Yeah.
0: Joni loves Chachi. Get it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, there's, a lot so of, stuff.
2: there's a lot of stuff in this movie, writing-wise, that I'm like, you could not write this today the way that they did. All the gay stuff is incredibly offensive. Right down to him calling him gay all the time, and then revealing that he's <laughs> actually gay. Horribly offensive. Horribly poorly done. The bully character just like what his transition from like being the bully character to thinking that he wants to have a gay Jesse eisenberg wants to have a gay relationship with him and then follows him around and ends up just being with him it's it's so poorly done it's so poorly written the scene like, are you stalking me and he's like yeah Maybe. you know it's you know what's sad though is for
5: 2005 <laughs> that was supposed to be progressive there's nothing progressive. for 2005 that, wasn't, no, that was, wasn't i didn't say it was. No. i did not say it was progressive not i said it was supposed to be progressive but it was not in any way no, I, that really I mean they dropped the f-bomb years. like
2: twice in the movie that's it's a like, damn you guys it was very typical male anti-gay negative shit that is typical of that time period it, it's yep it's not trying to be progressive. It's being written by people who, at the time, think that's how teenagers behave. So it, that um, is it wasn't, how
0: teenagers behave. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I know. And that but, is uh, exactly how they talked in middle
2: school, high school, two thousand five. But yeah. that doesn't. But that doesn't mean that you necessarily need to bring that into the film unless you're that's, like going that's what something I, like realistic you that's know what, what i told saying? justin
3: before we before we started recording that this movie was aggressively made in the 2000s and that it was just every everything it's almost yeah everything you've already seen in scream everything you've already seen in i know what you did last summer from the bad new nightmare uh, the, yeah from the bad like new metal like not even good new metal like
4: oh, the real bottom
3: of the barrel like Hey, who can we get a hundred dollars to put a really awful song into the credits here uh to get something going that the kids are into? Like what they like that corn. We can't afford corn. You know, uh, that's who are we gonna go I, with then?
2: I thought about that with this movie and with going back to Shocker. It was like you you just Justin felt the soundtrack to Shocker was inappropriate to the film. I and Chuck loved the soundtrack to yeah. Shocker, but I can't stand back and say you're wrong you're absolutely correct and your statement of it it's not really fitting to the film but it's fitting to the time period it's one thing that i've realized with craven is that he doesn't make soundtracks to his films at all that like have any kind of standout his films all tend to utilize like music of the era and he kind of does a lot of like very standard issue stuff that i mean he wrote like, a mainstream song for films. freddy krueger one day freddy's coming for you Oh yeah he was real creative with that. So so like it's one of those things where it's like I mean the soundtrack to this movie is completely forgettable, but it also jogged my memory in thinking about the soundtrack for *Dracula 2000*, which was a new metal masterpiece of a soundtrack that <laughs> nobody today would ever remember. And I'm just like, it's interesting to me how Craven's franchises don't have any sort of I like. Think you have to go all soundtrack. In. You
0: have to be like Flash Gordon. You have to get Queen and say you're well, doing, like, my entire, Scream... you know, doing my entire soundtrack.
2: <laughs> Scream as a franchise doesn't have anything that truly uniquely stands out for it. When you look at Freddy. Dream Warrior stands out, but that doesn't come out until three. And the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. But I wouldn't really look at like that in the same way yeah, as the Dream
0: ch- has ch- that <laughs> Red Right Hand song. It has that like twangy country thing. Ha-
2: it. Halloween has an incredibly memorable soundtrack. Friday the Thirteenth has an incredibly memorable soundtrack. Like when well, it comes, hold on. To... those are
5: those are scores though. Those are actual scores, but when
2: when it comes to horror right. franchises, uh, Wes Craven's horror franchises do not have I memorable soundtracks. I think this guy was... Isn't
0: this Baleen? This is he the guy who did really Twin
3: Twin do peaks peaks scores
2: and everything, I think. Or am I wrong? This David Lynch. Yeah,
3: Marco Beltrami you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, does music and, he does the music and other things. The music on oh, this is music, terrible. Sorry.
2: Yeah, but as many films as <laughs> Craven honestly, has under don't his belt... I do wouldn't even say it's terrible. I don't
0: remember any of it. I watched it. I don't <laughs>
2: but remember but then let's think about this too, that the one film that Craven made that's not a horror movie is music Music from the Heart. And it's like, that's a movie about a school choir. And that movie won awards for its music. And it's like, how is it that you were capable of that? But every single one of your horror franchise films, whether they're single serving, trying to start a franchise or whatever, like you have no original scores or no like Shocker has its own original theme song, but it's it's typical of Shut that up, era yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. that so so it's like it's it's but that's like literally no different than any 80s 90s like movie where they go and get a band to make a song for the so film it's and it like, just
0: since because it is halloween time i've been listening to a lot of horror scores and some of them like especially from the 80s i particularly love the fact that they're not scary at all like my favorite i think is day of the dead it's just it's just so yeah. much fun It's like it,
5: porn music it, yeah. it's and, and then it's I That's what it is. Original horror Gremlins. scores was porn music.
0: Gremlins is like, we need to bring that back into horror <laughs> movies. We're just extremely <laughs> fun,
2: playful music. Uh, that was so jolly. I love that soundtrack. That's a great score. A soundtrack can really bring a movie together, especially for somebody like me. Like I, Again. M- music's a, I've said before, music's a really important part of film to me. And not having a good soundtrack and not having good audio is something that really deters me. And I feel like... And I, you've been watching... I'm sorry. But I just feel like Craven doesn't understand that side of things. Like, I think when you look at his side, he did
0: the music movie.
2: (laughs) But then he doesn't bring it into his horror films go ahead well and
5: y'all have watched enough y'all have watched enough west craven this month to know that he doesn't really do score so much as he just does like actual like music and throws that right. in for soundtrack but the problem is like yeah you get mega death here and there okay cool but like none of the music really generally works that well with it and and it fits um kind of like a time capsule like it just fits that yeah period that it's playing it dates and it the tries movies to be new yeah and it tried because it's new music at that time because i remember in 2005 when curse came out the music that was playing i was like oh this is brand new music yeah but even then i was like i don't really care for this music, but that's what they were doing. It was butt and rock. It's, like, it's a pile yeah, Because it, it's and it, and it also so it doesn't it. help like, that it feels it feels like did, a TV. Um...
0: Scream three, and they had like Creed, and there's like a Creed Uh, poster, I think, and like in the at the end credits, and I'm like, no, it's the least fitting. It has a it has a
5: sci-fi it has a sci-fi channel original TV movie feel to it as well. And I mean, on top of that, it has all the greatest cast members of TV back in 2005. Mm -hmm. You got the dude from fucking Smallville. It jump started Judy Greer's career. I had to look him up. She was fantastic. I loved her.
0: I recognized him and couldn't figure out who he was. You're talking about the person that
5: plays Kyle. He's he's like
3: because he had the hair and you just couldn't recognize mm-hmm. him without it.
5: Yeah, yeah they put uh, hair it had in. it had Maya in it. I don't know if anyone even yeah. remembers yeah, Maya.
2: Maya.
5: <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That she was she great.
2: Was in that's that yeah, era when, and that's when they had Kelly Rowland in uh, uh night of, what's Freddy, versus Freddy versus jason's yeah. Jason. so They they were bringing all the rhymes days, was like, in like, Halloween.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah
2: yeah, this was that weird period too Scott Mayo. in like the mid two thousands where Christina Ricci's career was starting to struggle and she wasn't Corey really Feldman is, doing was, well.
0: Was, was in this original cut too, and they cut him out at playing himself because
5: Christina Ricci made a lot of bad this. calls. Like her yeah, acting and I, is I awful. I absolutely in this. adore her. I love her. She's I absolutely great. adore her, and it was just, it, I, like I said, I was watching some of the. the the behind the scenes because i love watching that when it comes to like the cool effects i was like how much of this was practical how much was the cgi and they show you the suits which by the way i don't know if any of you guys know uh derek Mears Mm -hmm. was the creature i love derek Mears uh he he plays um he does the jason Jason. in the in the the newest friday 13th (laughs) the newest uh, one he's from he's from the remake (laughs) he's from the remake of the hills have eyes so Wes craven coming back again but he was fantastic too. But even he as doing what he could. It didn't really salvage anything. Uh, and then you just have all these great 2005 cast members. I mean, Elizabeth Hurley gets killed off right away. Uh, it kind of like wants you to Shannon think Elizabeth. what's happening here. I'm sorry, Shannon Elizabeth, wrong, wrong person. But yeah, Shannon Elizabeth gets killed off right away. And Christina Ricci has got this, just, I, I don't understand what she was supposed to be like what age she was around uh i didn't know what her role In was the script, with, within supposed the film to be like
0: 20s but i would imagine yeah. she'd be have to be 30s or something i,
5: I a part <laughs> of me felt like she was supposed to be playing over the top because like i said originally the concept was for this to be kind of a parody of werewolf movies and to be fun a little black humor but also some gore and good horror aspects and so she was supposed to play over the top and i feel like She kept playing over the top, but because of the way they edit the movie down and the the story arc they went with, it just didn't work anymore. And then Jesse Eisenberg, same way.
0: Picking up the smells, and she's, like, Mm -hmm. exaggerating, like, sniffing through the way. My...
5: My, my favorite thing too one, one thing they did get right with with the werewolf lore is kind of like the teen wolf route where it's like once you become a werewolf when you're in human form you kind of get this air of confidence about you you're a little stronger you got a little supernaturalness to you uh, you got the sexual hair. hormone everybody's drawn to you sexually <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the key great hair right so Jesse Eisenberg for the opening of this movie as a fucking nerd has this flat top hair and then he turns into a werewolf and now all of a sudden he's going around school with his hair flipped up like they didn't even do anything they just blew Blue fucking He's gave, on his hair. They gave that him, that gave 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 him Spider-Man. Spider-Man three hair. Yeah, yeah. they I I did exactly. exactly. Spider-Man, Spider-Man three, and I'm Spider-Man like, three.
2: What? Fucking Tobey Maguire's ass. Yeah. The writing was, on this movie was... is astonishingly bad. The scene when they uh, hit the car and they send the car over the ditch in mahalan Drive. As someone who knows a lot about mahalan Drive, because it's a big place for street racing, um, aren't at, there. Accidents are very prolific there, and no one ever survives them. Like if you go off the cliff on Mulholland, like it's almost a death sentence. It's almost she died. The
0: one that went over died.
2: She died by eating. Getting she, she was perfectly. fine. I, she, yeah, she got dragged car. out of the car. So she, yeah. she, you know she know rolls what? down. the the hill of Mulholland whatever she she rolls down the hill of Mulholland drive and then (laughs) they go down and go are you okay and she's just upside down in her car and she's like oh no clearly I'm not okay and they're like oh and I was like she's upside down in a fucking car you just rolled her off the road I'm like if she wasn't in a Mercedes she'd probably be completely dead I
0: think honestly the best line is in that moment where she's like my car is gonna blow and Christina Ricci says (laughs) no it won't and Jesse Eisenberg says well actually
3: it probably will will.
2: yeah And then, and then Christina Ricci's way of helping is she goes, hold on. And she gets up and she goes to the back of the car, which <laughs> is upside down. Jack? <laughs> and then she just starts like gently pushing on the back fender and then staring at the tail light in confusion for like five minutes while this girl is just upside down in this car. And I'm like, well, this girl's completely dead. I was like, this well, that's
5: that's how she gets her out of the dashboard. Remember the dashboard squeezed her in place. It wasn't her seatbelt, it was the dashboard. So she had to lift the back of the
2: car because that's science. Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> undoes the seatbelt for her and she falls out of the car. She's not trapped by anything. Because
5: Christina Ricci, because Christina Ricci went she to
2: the back of the car and, and yeah, lifted it up on Jack. She got a yeah. him. You're welcome. Science. I'm just, I'm just like, and then they're like crawling through the car to get away from the werewolf. They and weren't crawling like...
0: through the car to get away from the werewolf, they all got drugged through the. <laughs> down the hillside which so was shot they went, but they, they, so they had to crawl back through the car through. Yeah. and then
2: had to go back yeah. through the car instead of walking around the car which would have been easier.
0: It's like a video game you can't go through the
5: the bushes yeah. and the trees. By, by, the way, by the way this whole opening sequence that we're talking about is actually one of my favorites in the film because I do like it. There's a lot there like I said when what do you off, like it about starts it? Off, i'm getting to it when it Jesus starts off it starts Christ. off strong because it is hitting the it is hitting the fucking marks for your your nods to american werewolf in london it's hitting all the marks for like the way that they set up how this werewolf movie is going to go down again i watched unrated so you could see the body get tossed back she's bleeding out and cut in half crawling away i gut, saw that. Spilling out. like all that shit that was, was there I and, for that. and it, you know they 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 show the wolf on on like four legs, breaking through the window, biting her on the neck, pulling out. So right away, you get a clean, the clear shot of the wolf's face. Nick they don't Offerman hide it. In
2: it. Yeah. He's still listed in the credits. I saw Nick Offerman. He mm-hmm. was the paramedic. Very, or the cop. Very briefly. He's underrated. Yeah, very briefly. Mm-hmm. I saw there's it. a
5: ton of people in this there's a ton of people in this movie that aren't really they're they're given credit now cuz they're big names Well, think now about Eisenberg. Like I can not think of Eisenberg
0: credit? in anything before this and I did like the him Stardust searching Greer, Andrew on Greer. he was like searching on Facebook and I'm like, dude, you don't even know. You're going to become Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm it was wild this was yeah I, judy I had, is pretty big now yeah. and she's in the halloween
2: movies so so i had to watch this on pluto did anybody else watch this on pluto tv
3: i watched it on blu-ray
2: oh i, I own it as well Chuck, i watched Chuck, it on Chuck,
3: paramount you... plus oh you had it yeah. on paramount
2: plus i didn't yeah. know that so i watched it with a ton of <laughs> ads he's
0: watching beavis and butthead and definitely has Paramount. i had uh, no ads
3: did
5: you did it, you all get to
2: watch it unwrite it it's the only way to truly I, enjoy it. I saw it PG-13 only... and with more yeah. ads than I've seen in a long time. I mean, this was like watching it on television. <laughs> Chuck, is this the and, first uh, time you've watched
0: this movie? Yeah.
2: I this was the that. first time I think I watched it too. As I was watching it, I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I've seen this. But then I think there was just a bunch of familiar settings because of that 2000s mm-hmm. era. Like,
5: So I... I watched this when it came out in theaters and it was PG-13 and I absolutely walked away pissed the fuck off very upset about it when it came out on DVD a few uh, months later they released it unrated and I watched it and the only thing redeeming about the unrated version is simply that they put in more gore and kill effects Uh, there's also more language there which is weird Uh, but other than that the only difference between unrated and the PG-13 is the gore which it would have been more I felt like I got my money's worth if I at least gotten some payoff with the gore and the killing but the fact that they edit it down and then sent it out to theaters it was a really just god-awful fucking movie and it has no redeeming quality and so the only thing enjoyable about watching it is if you watch it and rate it and even then it's just because you're gonna get more kill effects more gore Chuck is, uh, that's
0: it chuck's already made fun of me about it but mm-hmm. this is the first movie that me and my wife went on a date to see i'm sorry you did that to her
5: she's still with me you cursed her to be with you i that I was i mean
3: i mean curse. do you think you've made her watch worse movies since then though
0: uh there's really good movies that we've watched that she doesn't like he's changing the subject <laughs> he's like movies, i don't make my absolutely. wife watch garbage well you're always going to go into a movie not knowing what it's being so you That's can't true. Be heard about true i mean
3: i i made you guys go see transformers the last night for my birthday so i guess i've probably made well, did not i not make her watch an even worse film
2: hey i would have gone yeah. a lot yeah
5: i like the transformers yeah. movies I mean, you know, the, the plus side about me is I know that I like garbage you, you and I love watch watching trash films. Movie.
0: That was terrible, that one with the... Uh,
2: Get Rich or Die Trying? No. I <laughs> no. love that movie. Blood in, Blood <laughs> Out?
3: <Butler>. Blood that <laughs> in the was, Sand? That was, that was they not were, me. That was my mother. They <laughs> she, that off was the her scene birthday. From, um,
0: they did a really bad rip-off of Bad Boys 2 yeah. <laughs> where they're, like, intimidating See? the kid. It was the exact same scene. I'm like, how can you do that?
5: Blood in the Sand was his video game. The difference between me and Justin is with my girlfriend, I'm very kind. I know the garbage that I watch and she's well aware. So I just make sure that her phone is charged for her so she can enjoy TikTok while I watch terrible films
0: no i don't trick her in any way i usually i mean the, the worst movies the ones that she's hated the most are probably the witch or the lighthouse <laughs> oh those are great <laughs> you know? movies
5: those are like she's, two of my so she just doesn't movies. like that director it's the <laughs> yeah. same director she <laughs> just, <laughs> just
2: doesn't like him well, that's also oh. *Folklore*, so she probably has did. A she not like the northman
0: i think she liked it a little bit more at least she had something to watch <laughs> There, yeah she's <laughs> starting to warm up <laughs>
3: She had had scars guard without a shirt for ninety minutes.
0: Yeah, Yeah. for ninety percent of the movie. Yeah, 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 that's probably what helped that movie. Imagining. Speaking of cursed. I mean there's a lot of missed opportunities in it like they keep in the so original many. script they keep trying to do throwbacks to the wolf man they have the wax museum with, with the wolf man and they have yeah. the cane which for some reason their cane replica is silver because it actually
5: burns the werewolf it's only there for that one foreshadowing moment but they had weird moments and, then, where, and like, they, they walk, don't even do anything with it they, walk they shove on, it in like, her mouth kill her and with she it. spits it back she <laughs> spits it back out it doesn't work that way if they shoved it in her mouth she'd fucking die that's how silver and werewolves no, work again you, he's just fucking loose with all the fucking rules they said in the the movie that the silver doesn't kill them it just hurts them in this movie that's what i said he's loose with the fucking rules he made his own fucking rules i am i'm honestly pissed because they gunned him down and and shot her in the head and that solved everything i i did kind of
0: like how the pie um utensil burned jesse eisenberg but then later when joshua jackson comes to like kill them that, that he uses it as like he uses that it scene like, pierces heart mm. or whatever.
2: that scene when christina ricci's like i bought this frame from whatever and it's silver and if i pick it up it doesn't hurt me or whatever i was like the the, the, the frame's plate it's very clearly fucking plate like i was like it's not gonna do anything to her <laughs> the and giant she sticker
3: it up. on the back that's a stainless steel
2: yeah i was like how fucking Jesse dumb Edmarn's are you like you dumb bitch <laughs> i'm like she bought that she didn't see a sticker that large across the whole back of it, but like, also, it wouldn't be stainless steel. It would be plate. And if it was plate, it wouldn't have affected her either. It's got to be pure silver. You can't just plate something and have it like fucking work. So, and then, oh,
5: that shit was nickel.
2: Right. Like, it's like. <laughs> That was a ter- terrible indication. It was like you needed something more pure. Even when they do this stuff, typically, like in other movies, people have done that before, where they pick up plate things and they go, "That doesn't work." It's always got to be like the straight silver, like dinnerware and shit like that. That's always what they go for. If it's not pure silver, was... it doesn't work.
0: It's like the the Monster Squad. They got to melt down the right the silver. The guys making bullets and uh,
2: how is that movie better I... <laughs> with more than half the shit that we watch? He's making bullets because Wolfman's got Nars. No <laughs> and wolfman's got nards this goes back to say showing again that kids in mean, films handle things better than adults
0: it's just i think that's the the, the main thing that's got to stand out is the wolf has got to be better and it really isn't like the, in the climax of I, the movie uh, it's like it's
5: speaking uh, the moment where it comes. i love out that to though i fingers. do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that i love judy that, was, I the only, was, that was the only funny part it.
3: That I thought of the in the, in the entire film, like I, nothing else in that movie made me laugh other than when the the cops come in and they're like, "That werewolf's still around." And she's like, "What does she look like?" I don't know. You'd probably recognize her. She doesn't have an ass and she has really bad skin and it like just jumps out. It's thick like thick thighs, thick yeah, thighs, thick thighs, and, thick it's like, thighs and bad you. skin. <laughs> gives her, gives her the finger. Yeah, that was like the only <laughs> part great. that made me laugh at all. Was wonderful. Was that moment? Yeah.
5: And then they gunned her down and it was so and then disappointing and they had that dumb
0: scene where they're like here's the werewolf and then they're like oh
3: shit it's a lady <laughs> yeah
5: and then we had i just want to say it's a it's a missed opportunity too with the the cops and everything because the werewolf should have just annihilated them getting shot and everything it had a same missed had opportunity had pacey from Dawson's Creek in it being yep. boring Mm-hmm. Well, it's
0: got the writer from Dawson's Greek
5: writing. Really? Oh, God. was that the was that the love interest of Jesse Eisenberg, who's in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, and has nothing to do with anything? Just shows up with his dog, the girl, and all of a sudden, like he gets to make out with her. They're in love because his new gay friend told her that, "Hey, you know, I'm gay now, so he's all yours." God, she I guess so tired of her. She liked she was attracted
0: to him because he was part werewolf. I
2: was like, that guy's dick must be <laughs> huge or something, because like he's an absolute piece of shit, and there's absolutely no reason for you to date him, like whatsoever. Like he's that's so... 2005.
3: That's I was about how to say that was. was every like 2000. I was movie like, yeah, he's just like
2: no,
0: no, it it's like, in real life. He's it's a 2000 real
3: life thing. He, he's just a jock. Yeah. He doesn't actually mean it when he slaps your books out of your hands. Also, and, like, it really right. made me laugh that his
0: one just, buddy, just ignore him, just Jimmy.
5: Ignore him Jimmy. Just ignore him, Jimmy. Just ignore him, Bo. Bo has. So his they two, like
0: Tenchman like, friends. And the one is in the TV show, The Killing, and he plays like a 50 year old man. So I just enjoy the fact <laughs> that he you know three four years earlier he's playing this kid uh it's the first guy that like wrestles
3: uh, like blonde yo, guy
0: yeah you, you mean know, the, the adult man like at t- the high school wrestling yeah the adult like t- man at high school yeah. wrestling why why All he did
5: was shaved his mustache dude had a five o'clock shadow makes
0: it's like me think of um 21 jump street where it's like you look like a 40 year old <laughs> man
5: <laughs> you look at like
2: right you look at like 30 years of film And this trope of, like, this abusive jock boyfriend type coming in and, like, bullying the other guy. But, like, the bullies never just, like, bully them. They always, like... Almost kill them repeatedly, like throughout the films. Like that's, how that's literally that's literally the plot of Karate <laughs> Kid. Is these guys are trying to kill the Karate Kid, and he beats him in a tournament, and that ends everything. And I'm just like, why do we do this? Like these characters, except for are like so far gone that they're very clearly trying to kill someone. That they've gone outside the boundaries of like they're just roughhousing or whatever. Like no, they're mentally ill, then they need to be arrested. And you're just like, oh, he's I mean, fine. Like I- just keep Dying dating stuff to be pretty, pretty is...
0: realistic though like i've watched the movie like stephen king does his movies and it's like them like trying to force a kid to eat shit or something and i'm like that's totally what would happen when i was you know <laughs> that's in like christine
3: that. like the the bullies like straight up just like got a knife and he's just ready to stab already <laughs> he's like he's yeah. like i'm just straight up gonna yeah. stab you in the middle of shop class man And i'm just like Whoa, or okay. this
2: is or you have the this bullies why... from like sometimes they come back and it's like those guys were like Completely fucking psychopaths, and then they came back from the dead as psychopaths to kill you. It's like
0: I mean, that's why it's like good. With this like is why it where it's like the bully ends up getting like killed by the. Class the bullies stuff. in the,
2: the original Mark it Mark- are better though because at least they have a lot little more composure than the bullies in the new it who are literally like in the eighties trying to stab this kid on the bridge and set that's him on how fire. Kids
5: were. No. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Look, this, I this is this is
0: why Mark's girlfriend down this- the
5: stairs. I'm like. <laughs> He did try to no. kill her. That's
0: what. That's how it was in two thousand. That
5: is how kids work. That is how <laughs> teenagers work. Hey, and look, I just want to say, Mark Wahlberg deserves an applaud because he commits when it comes to the movie Fear. He did kill the nerds. He committed. I got to give him that. <laughs>
0: and he got I don't Reese remember Witherspoon that movie. at the end
5: of the movie, right? Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. It was a great movie. Fear. Mark Wahlberg. Reese Witherspoon. See it. <laughs> Bully who kills nerds. Shows them how to get the job done the movie was just it's just not like i i put it on for fun in the background like around this time of year why just do to you put this noise? on
2: well this will never be put on in my life again like the fact that anybody <laughs> saw kids, this pg-13 like even with yeah. okay but like he's like watch the unrated one it's better it's like no adding more gore to this movie oh even on though any of the problems it's not that, with it's, it it's not, no, it's not that much better either.
5: I mean, unrated, all it is is just more blood. So like, that's, as that's far as is, is. like
0: the Craven cut goes, which really is a thing from the Snyder cut, like people want more. Wes Craven said that 90% of the movie was in the can. So like, if they wanted to re-edit it, they would still have to film more scenes. So I don't know. I think know they yet. said it was everything but the That's ending. why there's
3: not. Like the ending yeah, is yeah, that's what why they there's... never filmed.
0: Yeah and, and, yeah, and in his script, it was like the werewolf who was still Joni. And he, there was a second werewolf that was Scott Bayo. He was not, he was like, not the main werewolf. He was like more like a joke. The fact that he was one of the werewolves at the end. They. Which would have been great. They weren't re- like Jesse Eisenberg was not related to uh, Christina Ricci. They were all, they were all like their own people. Their whole thing was like, we have to kill her so we don't continue through with this transformation but she wants to kill them because she doesn't want there to be it was like a mistake she didn't she didn't mean to like let them live
5: yeah not not only did they make wes craven completely reshoot this movie once he did it then they edited the fuck down even more so it was just i think they shot things that he
0: didn't even direct i think there's scenes in here that he yeah ghost
5: director Mm -hmm. uh i do have a fun note to end on we're not ending because of this Because of this movie, I don't care. I'm just saying. I have nothing else to say anymore. (laughs) I'm just disappointed in it. But because of this movie, you did get Christina Ricci and Jesse Eisenberg starting to date. How nice is that? It's lovely. They were dating. really? Yeah, after this movie, they dated. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then Jesse's career took off.
0: Yeah, he's good. He's in a lot of things. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: It is surprising, too, that the cast that they had was decent cast, but even they couldn't save this. I mean, I absolutely fucking love Judy Greer. She's amazing. She's fucking awesome in everything she does. And I even enjoyed watching her as a werewolf losing her shit. But it was like even that couldn't really save anything
2: because it just it just it just felt like, again, a a TV movie. The best just there. The best thing I've seen um, Eisenberg in was that Vivarium movie. He was excellent. in that.
0: Have you seen The Social Network? He's like, that's his best.
2: It's all right. It's fine. He was good in that. I I don't think it was as good as Vivarium. Vivarium is one of the best movies I've seen. I I think you're
0: making it up. I never even heard of that. I think no one has. Vibranium. Vibranium.
2: No, Vivarium. I can't describe it because it ruins the film if I try to describe it, but it's really an interesting film. I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess me and Chuck were talking about this a little bit beforehand. I'm on the same page as him where like one of my favorite monsters is the werewolf but werewolf movies there's they're not terrible. very many good ones
5: yeah hold up they're not terrible they can be hit or miss they're, and when I, they hit they fucking hit like what's just, the best I'd... one american werewolf in london that's the starter pack yeah. american werewolf london and the howling that's your starter pack you got your bipedal and your quad and, and i think ginger and then you
0: Trax have the wolfman
2: I, I think I, silver I really bullet's the best one stephen king silver, silver bullet. bullet is great that's the only Sword one I really is
0: hilarious uh, I don't know if it's mm. if, if it's supposed to be as funny
2: as it is it's got it's got a kid in a wheelchair fighting werewolves firecra he's got like an main.
0: overly motorized
2: wheelchair I don't know it's it's amazing Terry O'Quinn's in it I I have an agree- yep. agreeance with you it's, I think it's like I think werewolves and westerns are like the same thing for me where I really want to like werewolves and I really want to like westerns and like I see these things come out and I go oh and then you go to watch it and you're like god it's fucking terrible yeah you're like and I like, think westerns... uh, hold
5: up Ginger Snaps 3 Ginger G- Snaps G- back no, ginger... that's a great western werewolf movie
2: but the original Ginger Snaps is an excellent werewolf film probably mm-hmm. one of the greatest werewolf films ever made and it, it's like absolutely it really shows you What you can do with the genre and how you can execute Uh it well, and it does all the lore properly. I think it's probably one of the best. Yes, it does, and it's one of the best quadrupedal,
5: and I love that.
2: It's a really great movie. It's a solid film. Really does it's executed all well. I mean, it's it's probably the first time I really watched a werewolf film and was like, yes. I was really well, excited. You know what I
1: also
0: think about too. I go back to the 2010 Wolfman remake. Same shit. I liked shit. that. Rick Baker was another on film with the Rick Baker effects. that they
3: they covered and all this they... stuff in CGI.
0: Yeah, what
5: the hell's happening?
3: Yeah, why does no one trust I, Rick Baker? <laughs> uh, the
5: the the
2: Weinstein's. Uh, I think we all know at this point they're just assholes. We we covered the remake of the Werewolf Man on well, our like, show, think of right? American Jacob, American
0: Werewolf in London. He looked fantastic during that transformation. I know it cost a lot of money. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, it
2: wasn't we?
5: Yeah, and, and we did. We covered the well. We didn't cover the remake of the Wolf Man. We we covered the
2: original Wolf Man compared to the Hammer Curse of the Werewolf. Oh, that's,
3: that's great... right. I love the, I hammer, one. the hammer one. The Hammer one's yeah. great.
2: Yeah. I think that's what we came back with too. Is that we enjoyed the Hammer one more than the original? No, uh, uh, no the the original story. Wolfman. The
5: original Wolfman won out because the oh, Hammer one was not that great. It only had a it had a better makeup effect and it looked really good. But it was only in the last ten minutes of the movie. And the Hammer Werewolf movie follows actual Werewolf lore, whereas the Wolfman is what started Hollywood lore.
2: Yeah,
0: true. But I think the Curse of the Wolfman's great because. The way that it's it's more like a fantasy or fairy tale than it is it is horror.
5: But I I think Which I also discussed. Why
2: Mm -hmm. do you think I I will say as well, another great werewolf movie that I've seen and I know I'm gonna fuck the name up and Jacob will know what I'm talking about. I always want to call it Bad Moon, but it's like a Western werewolf movie.
0: So Bad Moon is a great movie and it's not the one that you're talking about. Bad yeah. Bad moon said. (laughs) Bad moon is the one where the um there's a German Shepherd in it and sim and similarities between this and Cursed where you do get a werewolf dog (laughs) that might ask the fight the (laughs) whole movie is told through the point of view of this german shepherd so you know it's a great movie
2: yeah (laughs) that sounds cool actually but uh and uh you're thinking of blood moon yeah blood moon that's a good movie i i think it's fun it's really fun i've always found that funny enough uh western and werewolf works together really well i think they have a good crossover and i think they're I've seen more than one werewolf Western film or seen them brought into werewolf like Western stuff on other mm-hmm. occasions. And it's worked really well. It's interesting how uh, for, they work so well together.
5: Well, and, and they do, and they need to make more like that. But for some reason, Hollywood likes doing werewolves and bikers. They love bikers. Yeah, but they
2: don't do them well.
5: Like they're, they're usually oh, terrible, yeah. films. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're more like Wolf Men. They're just like, you know, your, your classic Lon Chaney in the face, but in biker gear with, you know, riding motorcycles. Taking it's crazy. the Teen Wolf were out. <laughs> yeah. But even Teen Wolf looks great. The teen, makeup looks great. Teen wonderful. Wolf
2: is actually an excellent werewolf movie, too, despite it being a it comedy. Is. It's very well done. Mm-hmm.
5: There's a really great uh, br- a British
2: movie called Howl. It's awesome. I, know I highly that recommend one. it. See, but you you like that dog soldiers, and that's one of the biggest pieces of shit I ever saw in my entire life. I
0: do have to watch that again. I was not. Everyone's a fan entitled of dog
2: to their own soldiers. opinions. That's like that's like a Sci Fi Channel original picture. Like it's just really bad.
5: <laughs> it it was released as a sci- on Sci Fi Channel, director, but it's not a good an good original. Director. He
2: yeah, he is a good like director. No,
5: cool. no, no. Marshall is one of my all time favorite directors. Everything he touches is fucking gold to me.
0: I thought the designs of the wolves were were great in that movie, but
5: I just
2: they're I wasn't wonderful. Digging they're wonderful. They're great. As he
5: follow lore well. It's great. Great you, fucking
2: movie. When you make the statement it's a popcorn movie and it's because it's a bad film, like a trauma film is a popcorn movie or like something like mm-hmm. that. But the thing about trauma films. I don't know films, if you want to be eating popcorn
0: when you're watching those movies. But those movies
2: are <laughs> those movies actually have good writing like even though you know it's (laughs) like the the toxic avenger is incredibly well written it's a slapstick whatever film i know i'm not sure how that's gonna go but like peter dinklage it's gonna be awesome it's just fucking trauma it's just it's one of those things where it's like b film doesn't like we've we've talked about this before on on the old podcast you with me and you and b film is not the same as bad film like a B-grade movie is just like a lower tier, kind of like not as expensive, not as well executed, yeah. but still can be fun. A bad film is a bad film. And the thing is, is that this is like actually a high budget film that was executed very poorly. And the end result is that it's genuinely a bad film. It's not it's a fun butcher. movie. I don't, I don't think these 2000s horror films have b-grade kind of fun go back and watch again qualities they really do have a time capsule this is what they were making in this time period none of it was good Uh, none of it's really worth going well see that's a that's one of the few franchises like saw and Hostel came out of that era and you know we have some some the slashers were, were
0: not doing that well actually. But Slithers, not the a, body that's a horror torture thing. stuff and, and the uh ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts became body really torture.
2: Big. Well, that's James Wan, James Wan started out like at the end of the 2000s there and that's really where he started expanding on that stuff. But I mean, like the overall was it was a lot of remakes. They were not good remakes. They all have a feel and a tone to them. Like I said, like when this movie started, I was like, I've seen this movie. I've absolutely seen this movie. And like about 30 minutes into the movie, I went, I I don't think I've actually seen this movie, but I've seen enough films like this from this time period that it, you know, whatever. Something else I wanted to state going back to Wes Craven.
0: You now love him?
2: No, God, I'll talk about that later. (laughs) He very much has a style that doesn't grow into the 2000s and that his films are very much of the like late 80s early 90s like at that point like he doesn't really seem like he has too much ability to grow beyond that time period and this feels like a movie that came out in like 1999 but is shot in 2004 and it, it's weird how it feels so That's much Kevin more Williamson, dated he's writing oh L- lexi he's
5: it was teenager. dv we talked about this too before. It was DV. That entire well, fucking 2005 curse movie was filmed in
2: DV. I don't mean like the visual, like, like like how it visually looks on film. Like, I mean, it feels like a film that came out in 1999. It doesn't feel like a film that came out in the mid-2000s. He peaked at the
0: people under the stairs and he's now yeah. able to keep <laughs> no, up I, modern No, he
2: peaked with Scream. He peaked with Scream and that was really like it. Like after Scream, that's kind of like his limit. Like I feel like that's really... So... Apparently, no... too,
0: Williamson and Wes Craven, when they were doing this movie, Cursed, it was actually a very similar production to Scream Two, where they started filming before the script was completed. But oh, Scream it's a Two worked idea. out. Scream, I know, but it's the Weinstein. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always it the fucking Weinstein. So anyway, yeah. they they actually kind of. It worked well in scr- with Scream, but with Cursed, it, it didn't. Cursed was like, they didn't do Scream 3 together. So this is, I think, the movie after Scream 3 for Wes Craven. Yeah. So they come back, and they're going to do this movie together, and it was the same thing where, like, the script wasn't 100% complete, and they started working, and it was like, three weeks in. They have to, like, stop, rewrite the thing. Now they're losing cast members, and now they're writing the script around the scenes that they have filmed that they like, and, yeah, it just becomes a total fucking mess. And I'm actually kind yeah. of impressed that they still made a movie and then released it.
2: Yeah, this movie got money he's put not, into it. He's not wrong either, Jacob. When we and him were covering a lot of the remakes that we did, we inadvertently ended up in this position where we learned so much about the Weinsteins and their um, involvement in horror like
5: they're nudging nettling meddling fucking hands and half of
2: half of the remakes that we covered had the Weinsteins involved in it and they would come in and they would change things constantly that remake of Black Christmas from 2006 like there was tons of actresses that that you never saw again again. it was really Mm -hmm. interesting to see like how How much By the they way, that was Blumhouse? They went in and fuck with things, so it was like you had a combination of the Weinstein's doing that, which also the Weinstein's are the ones that are responsible for those. I really... Everything
0: with uh, in the 2000s is Michael Bay. It was like Michael. No, Bay's yeah. Friday. The, the 13th. I was going to say the, the Platinum
2: Dunes thing. era, because that was another thing that we learned is like the Platinum Dunes was all Michael Bay, and yeah. so the Platinum Dunes era of remakes, which the Platinum Dunes remakes are um fiscally the most successful, and they've made they, a they lot also of stayed.
5: Money. They also stayed rated R. The Weinsteins were the assholes making everything PG-13. When they redid Prom Night, they edited it down to PG-13, which Prom Night wasn't that great to begin (laughs) with. And so it's like, how are you going to edit that shit down to be PG-13? Everything that came out from the Weinsteins that was a remake or just a horror movie between the year 2005 to 2010,
2: they made PG-13. That remake of Nightmare on Elm Street that was done by Platinum Dunes, that was was (laughs) the most successful horror movie fiscally released. At that time. Like it was holding the record for most yeah, of the 20, 2000s Because everyone wants to
0: see the movie and then yeah. notice it's trash. It was the anticipation
2: with no pay off. So it like it's mm-hmm. like it's a terrible film, but like it still holds the record for like high, high intake on a horror movie. Like I think it's number two now. Like something finally beat it in the last like five years kind of thing. And it's like that movie still. I mean, take on
0: some of the remakes. I really did like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw did, is good. I did like Friday the Thirteenth a lot.
2: I liked Friday the Thirteenth, but I don't like—not a huge fan of the original series. So,
5: I liked My Bloody Valentine.
2: <laughs> I thought that was really bad. I like the original. It was a lot terrible.
5: More. It was so terrible, but fun. My favorite well, the, part, the, part of the that Hills Have
2: was... Eyes
0: remake. I love the Hills Have Eyes yeah. remake. I think it's way better than the original so, one.
2: So we we were starting school. I I started a semester before you, Jacob. And that means uh,
0: Lexi's smarter to take it.
2: That's right. So <laughs> okay. we, we were working with Jerry Gurgley. He was our teacher for our first semester. And he's like, he had just gotten off of doing the effects for my bloody Valentine. And so when it was released in theaters, our entire class went together to see it in theater to come back the next day and tell Jerry about what we thought about it. <laughs> and you're and like, so you suck. <laughs> I, I was the first, I was the very first person to walk into the classroom after we had watched that movie. And I went, hey, Jerry, watched your movie last night? He goes, yeah, did you like it? And I looked at it and I went, no, Jerry, it was fucking terrible. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's about what I thought too. But, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then five minutes later, oh. the rest of the class comes in and they're like, Jerry, we saw your movie. And they're like, he's like, yeah, did you guys like it? And they're like, yeah, it was great. He's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no honesty at least you're on i was like i was like jerry's the man jerry was the best i think he actually liked me just because i was so fucking honest i think he wasn't used to Mm -hmm. it he's awesome he was great everybody thought he was a werewolf yeah
0: and then yeah
5: because he's awesome (laughs) because he's awesome
0: (laughs) be sick to be a werewolf you'd have to just be like oz from uh, buffy you'd have to like chain yourself up once a month so you can't get (laughs) out people think it's a sex dungeon but that's just to keep that's where jerry gurgley came from a dungeon
2: a sex dungeon buffy yeah he did actually he did See, a lot of the practical that. on he that just yeah. went into it yeah he, he did your he's werewolf. non-credited so um after he worked movie f- he worked for the studio that did the effects and because he worked for the studio he didn't get his names in the credits the studio does so
5: craven did
0: my but he but he cake. did take
2: lead on a lot of those
5: designs oh yeah
0: i'm done talking about your teacher <laughs>
5: <laughs> fine fine <laughs> We'll go back to Curse. Let's talk about this movie we watched. I was trying to finish up with
0: some things about Craven since we are ending with Craven. That's right. Craven made this movie in two thousand five and wasted several years of his life making it because it was supposed to be like I think a two thousand movie. Like it was, you know, starting to be written then, right after Scream three came out. Now I don't remember when. When did Red Eye come out? Was that before, or after
5: this two thousand five, two thousand six, something like that? I I dug that. It Was like released the next year.
0: My soul to take, I saw, I hated it, and then <laughs>
5: Scream Four, which is his last I loved movie. It. I thought Absolutely he did a really great it. job with yeah. it. It was a good. It was a good way to go. I am sad he went. It was it's a good way to go. It was a good go. It was a good, was a good was one to go on. And it was Scream Four. I didn't have a chance to to get fucked over by some other shitty studio and make a terrible fucking horror movie. Yeah, he got uh, to just continue his own horror movie. It was
0: surprising too when he died because it was sort of one of the you know we had no information about him even having uh, I think he had like a tumor, brain tumor or something. Yeah, came out came out of nowhere. Yeah, he was just gone and and it just it blows your mind because he wasn't very old, so you kind of felt I think he was a sixty or something, so you felt he was going to be able to make movies for at least another thirty years.
2: I mean, I'm glad he stopped making movies for the next. (laughs) years (laughs) you're terrible
0: that is pretty awful yeah uh but like i'm sorry he got a
2: brain tumor i just wish he would have retired naturally anyway
0: his last movie is great though scream 4 scream 4 is great
2: Yeah, you know how i feel about scream
0: but then like look at somebody like carpenter like i i like carpenter as a person Carpenter's amazing his move well he he like stopped after like he's
2: he's an angry curmudgeon
0: He doesn't care about making movies anymore. He's like, I would rather just, you know, collect off of what I already have out there.
2: If I'd been through (laughs) what he's been through, I wouldn't want to make movies anymore either. I mean, he has a reasonable bitterness. When you understand his story, it's like it makes a lot of sense. I can see how he should have let it go earlier with, like, the way that people later on in the 90s respected his films but it took him a long time to realize Like, people... I mean he's
0: back though he's like he's working with David Gordon Green on these movies and his yeah. new Halloweens and he's making
2: the music for it he's he's finally getting some creative control his masters of horror was really bad no they were entertaining <laughs> entertaining the one about the abortion clinic it was stupid
0: that's a popcorn flick oh god yeah. <laughs> Pop, popcorn flick
5: <laughs> Lexi doesn't have a love for popcorn flicks.
2: That's She not, just doesn't get it. That's such a lie. Look at I mean, the shelf behind fun, me. There's a
0: lot of fun movies out there. Like one that I thought of around the same era actually came out a little bit after Drag Me the Hell. Drag Me the Hell was like a fantastic movie. Hated it. <laughs> yeah. It's
5: fun. Also, also another movie that when it got released, PG fucking 13. Yeah. But if you watch Sam Raimi's dir- unrated director's cut, it's fucking great. <laughs> I hated
2: that it's movie. It's really good. I thought it was uh, really good You gotta bad. watch...
5: You have to watch Sam Raimi's unrated director's cut. It's just better. <laughs> it's just better. It's better. I didn't, I didn't say you'll love it. Though. I just said it's better. It, it's the. It doesn't yes, take the it unrated self-series. director's yes. cut.
0: Yes. It's it's so much fun. I know people like hated it. it because they didn't like it being funny, and I was like, I'm sorry.
2: The, I was uh, the what goat did they that was like, you yeah, bitch. the goat was great. <laughs> like, that was great. We want that. I didn't like that it was being funny dead serious the, end,
0: the ending is so great though the ending it ends on like such a like a dark note <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. well
5: because the whole title is called drag me to hell and it's like thank you for the payoff sam appreciate it uh, also
0: justin long in that movie uh i saw something recently that's like is is justin long like a like a horror queen <laughs> that we don't know about because he's in barbarian and he's great in <laughs> that too
2: i need to see that jeepers creepers yeah jeepers creepers in tusk He's Tusk great
5: in, in Tusk, Creepers, which yeah. I fucking love. Tusk, it's so good. He's right. I such love a piece of shit. He's so great in Tusk. God, it doesn't matter. It's a great. It's a great movie. He it's not a great a movie. Walrus. It's such Tusk. a. He bad turns into movie. a waris.
0: Go fuck no, yourself. Tusk it's is great. Tusk is funny too. Tusk
5: is like really funny.
2: Tusk is the worst ending. The
5: best thing about Tusk is Justin Long's mustache. Oh, <laughs> and he's a podcaster, I think,
2: right? Yeah. Yes, he is. Aren't we all? Hey, yeah. everybody
0: wants to be us now. That's who protagonists are. They're now podcasters,
2: right? My question I'd like to ask everybody oh, now that we've a question. Oh, of course.
0: <laughs> uh, all of us did... together or individual questions?
2: Yeah. Well, what did you? And not probably not Jacob because he wasn't here for the month. But all right, we'll mute Jacob now that please. we've covered. We covered. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we covered four movies from Wes Craven, and we've now had time to not watch his bigger titles but rather see the middle parts of his career like you have an understanding of where he starts with the exploitation and then he moves into like a hollywood position and then kind of maintains that position do you think he's a great director did you come out of this month with a greater appreciation for craven did you come out of it with less of a respect for him did you learn anything what did you guys take away from it
5: can I answer this as someone who listened to the episodes and listened to what you That's had to lexy. say?
0: I'll answer last. Chuck, can may,
5: answer next. may may I answer as someone who was a listener? Yeah, go ahead. I was giving a lot to think about.
2: That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> then you go ahead, Thank Chuck. You. <laughs> you start it then. Yeah, right.
3: Uh, I don't. I don't know that I. I don't know that I have a greater appreciation because I mean. The one film of his that I hadn't seen before was the worst one we watched. So I think, I don't know, but I don't want to say. Serpent like, in the Rainbow? Yeah. I, I would watch Serpent in the Rainbow before I'd watch Cursed again. There was at least, uh, there was something oh, yeah. in there that I, that I enjoy. There's at least moments in that film that I enjoy. I, How sad is that? Very, yeah, there's not a whole lot that I really. Just a lot of things are sad wanna, in Chuck's life. Everyone enjoying this film <laughs> again. Uh, and I, I would say, I. I don't know. I don't think that he's, I don't put him on a list of great directors. I think he was a good director and half the time I feel like I really genuinely do believe he just like dumb lucked his way into some of these movies being good, or it was some outside force that helped him make some of these movies good. Uh, He just doesn't seem like, and like kind of how Justin was saying, like how many of these movies have been like taken away from him. Uh, At some point you do genuinely start to wonder are some of his decisions not good? Like the Weinstein thing I get that they just they're just meddling producers. But when it happens so often, you just have to question like, is he just also making bad decisions and then the producers aren't helping and they're also making bad decisions, but they're they keep we, taking it away from him for a reason covered, because they don't like something.
2: We covered three films this month that all had that same outcome. Three of his films this month had that same outcome. Producers coming in and fucking with his stuff and Making it this, and then and then people trying to justify like, oh well, it turned out this way because of meddling.
5: That's that's Hollywood. That's studios
2: for you. That's exactly what they do. I didn't mean to cut you off, Chuck, but I was like, it's exactly like everything that we covered this month was exactly what you said.
3: And I mean, I know it happens, but it's like, I don't know. I still just question. I I, and we go back and forth, and I know we compared compared it because we've done uh, Carpenter's films in the past. But yeah, there is something genuinely great about carpenter that i do think i put him as a great filmmaker who maybe didn't always make the best movies and i know he had his you know some of his movies were messed around with by by studios especially later in his career as well so i know that kind of happened the same with him but i don't know it just feels like it just feels like there is a a massive gap in quality between the two of them that i just think craven was never he has very specific things that I think he was interested in and he was good at, but I don't just think all around that he had like the greatest understanding of being, I would never can, I I don't know that I would put him as a master of horror. I would just say he was a good director that directed a number of good films and some, a couple great films here and there, but I, I just don't know that he, he didn't have that competent, like quality of directing throughout that I can pick out from all of his movies and say oh man that guy was just like killing it and it was only the studios that ruined it.
2: I'd agree with you like 100%.
0: I would say I have more sympathy for him towards what he went through but I honestly feel like if you make 10 movies and one of them's great and the rest of them are awful I'm just glad that that great movie exists and he's got his name on a few of them of the four movies that we talked about people under the stairs is clearly the best. It stands up. It stands out real well too. And I think like at least going through this month and watching that movie makes the whole thing kind of worth it. And this one being one of his messiest movies, I had a lot more fun kind of digging into what the original story was and why did it go poorly? Cause you have to, I mean you hire the director because he has a vision And the producers really should be keeping the budget in line. That's really all they should be doing. Like, when the director comes back and's like, I need to do this because it's my vision. And they're like, your vision's too expensive. You're going to have to bring your vision down. I don't really know what's going on with Wes. You know what I mean? Like, I actually know people that worked on Scream 4 and said that he was lovely to work with. So he seems like a good person. I've always heard that. And the movie turned out well. But I don't understand, like, like the wine scenes are, like, big money people. And, of course, that, like, poorly affects the, the movie. But it's just sort of, like, yeah. I don't understand where there's that lack of trust in the director. Like, I wouldn't pick one of my favorite directors to direct something, you know, like, we bring him up all the time, Aronofsky. I'm like, I hired him to do this movie. And then I'm like, no, I saw... Fifteen minutes of the movie, we're gonna have to take this away from Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> <Like> he, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> that happens. The effects aren't I, I, finished, but yeah. I just don't. Yeah, I, I mean just, but that's one of the things should... I don't get. Like you, you have to have trust in the director. You're, you're like okay. There's two types of directors. There's that director where you trust the type of work that they do, and that's why they're hired. Then you have the director that you feel that you can push around and get your vision. Like their your uh, their meal. And that happens with a lot of bigger tentpole movies. Think like Marvel movie. That's why they hire somebody that's done like one indie and what kind of control do they really have on this movie that Marvel already had? Like Marvel's like, here's the storyboards and here's how you're going to direct it. Go.
2: (laughs) Right.
5: I, uh, I mean, as a fan, I, you know, I think it's easy to say, say what you will good or bad director, The one thing I do appreciate about Wes Craven is the majority of his horror films are pretty original. And I don't agree with that. that. I don't agree with that. So why don't you think they're original?
2: I think he's I don't. Okay, I'll express my my point and then I'll probably come back to what you said, because I I don't want to confuse things. But were you done, Justin? Did I cut you off?
0: I mean, in general yes you did but um
1: <laughs> <laughs> then,
0: then finish your thought <laughs> no nah, i'm i'm just saying that there is an appreciation for him like chuck said is he one of the great horror directors no but he is a horror director by like default i mean when that's all that you make that's besides your one oscar winning movie or whatever happened but yeah I, I feel like he there is a competent director in there and i've seen stuff happen like that before i'm thinking of like george a. romero where he couldn't you know he's competing with like the new zombie error and no one's giving him any money and nobody trusts him
2: he's such it's, a good director though it's
0: such a weird time that, that
2: that happens
0: and we are living in a time where you can make several successful movies and you make one bomb and you, that person's not making a movie for the next 10 15 years they're totally out of the game
2: yeah that's true i i think uh i walked away from this with kind of um I didn't like him or respect him really going into this. And I've always just kind of thought like he gets way more hype than he deserves. And I, as I said before, um, I was a big fan of like nightmare on Elm street as a franchise, as a kid growing up. And I was a big fan of the people under the stairs. And so I never really correlated like the name West Craven cause I was a kid, but you know, you had some things you like and you're like, Oh, I love these movies. And then, when I started like getting older and studying film and getting into like horror and all that kind of stuff on like a higher level, I started going deeper into Wes Craven's career. And when I started going deeper into Wes Craven's career is when I said before that I find that he's really obsessed with rape and really obsessed with like his early films are just like some of the most awful exploitation films. And as much as I like, uh, the hills have eyes, like and I own Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left, disgusting. Like it's a disgusting film. He shouldn't be proud of that movie. I don't think anybody should be proud of a film like that. Like, it's not a good film. It's not a good version of that. I saw that film back to back with I Spit on Your Grave, and comparatively, I him Spit rapey, on Your. But
0: I don't remember him being very rapey in the four movies that we talked about.
2: Not the or ones like we talked about. Something. No, I, I think it's. I think he. I think I mean, he, he did hates two teenagers. in a row.
0: He definitely did Hills have eyes right after last house on the it's Left.
2: not it's not about like like me and Chuck talked about it, and I was like there's a way to execute a rape scene where you can show the atrocities of a rape scene and not have to physically show the rape and this guy puts a camera in a fixed position and then let's get a woman get like raped for fifteen minutes and I'm like that's not that's not how you do this like it's not okay that's not okay that's not good filmmaking to me. so I never really respected him as an like as a as a director anyway because I've always felt like he's just kind of exploitative and stuff but i think yeah what, you like serbian film <laughs> i love oh, that's a brilliant movie we'll, we can talk about that later but the thing about craven is is that chuck taught me a lot about him this month in our first episode that really made me look at him a lot differently going into things and that was the whole point of that he never watched movies until he was an adult and then his very first film that he makes after seeing his first film is a uh, last house on the left. And I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Like, why was that the very first thing you ever thought of going to I would love after to seeing movie your that first was movie? movie. First
0: thought about it. That, is, what's that, wrong with you? <laughs> that,
5: that was him. That was him and Sean S Cunningham.
2: It's still, it's still a very, I just don't like as someone who didn't grow up with film. <laughs> that's the, that's a weird direction to go. And then, that stuck with me because i was like he doesn't understand like cinematography he doesn't really understand music he doesn't understand like how to use color to to do things. He doesn't understand like proper filmmaking techniques. Craven
0: understands color a lot better than most things I watch nowadays to be honest.
2: That's I mean, he comes from an era where there's more of it, but the thing is is that he doesn't utilize the color as a tool. It's just there like he has colorful movies. It's not the same thing. So the thing is is like he's not a strong filmmaker. He's definitely really good with the dream sequence stuff. He's really good at like coming up with unusual practical effects he's definitely got some weird ideas and I see you know why a horror people gravitate to there's definitely a style, but I think the style as I come back from it, as I said, I think he's not a competent director. I don't think that the things that make his movies, like the reason his movies that do well, do well, I do think they're flukes. I don't think that they're because they're incredibly well directed or whatever. I think his dream sequence ideas are his most original concepts and stuff like that. But I think like, why people like his earlier stuff is the same people that are into like hardcore exploitation. And I'm not exactly a hardcore exploitation person. Like I am, but, um, I don't know. I never really was You're like, like, I'm
0: not one of these people. You're like, all right, I am. You got me. No, I, I like, am. No I, one I, said I, I, anything.
2: But... Dude, Jacob knows I got a whole shelf of this shit. Like I'm into exploitation, but like there's a way to she do it. She does have good taste. Uh, she uh, does. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm like, there's a point with exploitation where it's just like, it's really not good. It's not worth watching. It's really too far. And then I think that he had, but he was good with the exploitation. And I think when he got older and got into Hollywood, he still had those ideas in his head and he kept trying to execute them. And Hollywood was like, we don't play that game. Like you came from like an independent film era, where you were able to kind of get away with and do what you want. The 70s was the Wild West. Like, you ain't doing that shit anymore. Now you got to lock it down. And I think when they locked him down, that that hindered him a lot as a filmmaker because he wasn't sure how to do what he was so used to doing while still making it like family friendly. And I think it's weird that he wrote and directed a film like The People Under the Stairs. I think that one's completely out of left field, completely like a fluke. I never knew it was his film for years. like It took me a long time to realize it. I don't know how he came up with that one. And and he did a really good job of locking it in. I know how in. he came
0: up with it. <laughs> oh, yeah? There was a news story about, I think it was in Los Angeles, where these thieves broke into a house and they broke into the house and they discovered that while the the people were gone, that they actually had their kids locked up, like locked, bolted locked in their bedrooms. Oh, so they so they called the police, I guess. And it was them that found out that the parents were abusing these children. So that's why they kind of like followed the story of what if the thieves weren't the bad people?
2: That's that's interesting. Um
0: I thought the best time to talk about the origin of the people under the stairs was on the the cursed cursed episode. episode.
3: Yeah, The cursed
2: episode, of course. (laughs) Perfect. I, I think like his career is definitely a fluke all the way through it. And I think when you look at somebody, like when you go back to John Carpenter, I think John Carpenter is a competent filmmaker. I think he has really great ideas. I think he really understands film. I love his cinematography. I love his execution. The Thing is a masterpiece. When you take a film like The Thing, and you put it next to Craven's best film. It, it it stands way above it in every way. Like it's not comparable. Like he yeah. understands people, and he understands like these things. So it, it, it's yeah. one of the
0: John Carpenter understands the things. Yeah, he understands <laughs> the things. So,
2: so I just feel like you know I
0: don't when think you're... it's fair comparing anything to the best horror movie of all time, really. <laughs>
2: but I, I I mean it's it's like Carpenter really got the, the got the shit stick in a lot of things and carpenter is loved in a cult setting but i think craven is treated as like one of the great horror directors and i don't think craven deserves you know
0: kind of a- has a m night Shyamalan thing where like his name was getting thrown yeah on a lot of things. they
2: would throw his name on anything like he was he was a selling point to films for a really long time whereas carpenter was not a selling point to things for a very strong period of oh, time. he died right?
0: out. He was out of the game so early.
2: Yeah, but that's actually a really good point you bring up. But right? Carpenter's long-standing film career, even after he's not in the spotlight anymore, great films. He really has like a point in the the late '90s where it all starts to kind of fall apart for him because he just doesn't have the studio backing that he deserves on his movies, and he keeps getting fucked around. I mean, Vampires could be a better film if he had had less tampering with it. Ghosts of Mars could have been a really great movie. It was a really great idea. But it had had such (laughs) poor backing from it that it looked like it was shot on a soundstage and the trains were boxes on a fucking rail that people were pushing. So it just, nothing about that film worked, but I think that if Carpenter had had the budget for it, that would have been a great movie. This movie, Cursed, was never going to be a good movie. It doesn't matter. I I think it could have been. Uh, no, it was not well written. It was not well executed. The you acting the, it was very the bad. The original,
5: script, but... the original script would have been good. So I feel like
0: I, I agree with that. I feel like the original script was it was more fun and it knew what it was. And what you're actually seeing is straight up mess. Like they're rearranging yeah. scenes and rewriting things. And they lost
5: the parody. They lost everything that they were. Like going it has to. a yeah.
0: climax in cursed, and then it has another climax. It's not even really like a resolution. It just all of a sudden that kind of dream sequence that they had is true and joshua jackson's just there to like reiterate that he's the main bad guy <laughs> it, it i mean just, I... it falls apart pretty quickly i do like yep. we didn't talk about it the effects are terrible but i like the idea of the werewolf dog
5: i <laughs> like that's so fun we forgot about the werewolf dog that's the best part we of the movie really talk about the werewolf <laughs> dog too much. I the thought dog that was... gets in,
0: so, so stupid my,
5: like, my dog bit me work? so he has the curse now yeah. the dog bit jesse eisenberg so he got the curse i just like and just... yet somehow didn't maul his little girlfriend at the end of the movie came back perfectly normal. she
0: found them as a normal dog so she must have just found them uh i do think that it would be funny just if it just for 10 minutes was that dog just like running through houses killing people <laughs> like just, like,
5: <laughs> just that like, would have been great
0: that's what i would really want to see I think that um, but Christina Ricci to... is pretty much exactly her and Jesse Eisenberg like their performances I feel are pretty much what you would have got through the whole entire movie so if That's you hate the performances you weren't yeah they were awful the both of them were bad. I,
5: like I said like I said I think the way they were acting was based off the original script because she was way over the top which I feel based off the story that Justin said about the original that would have worked because that seemed more like a real parody and nod to the original werewolf movies whereas this was just a hot fucking mess. I think she checked out.
0: Well, she probably did when they told her she had to come back after like a year and, <laughs> and refilm things with Joshua with Jackson. And then she's yeah, with Jesse right. Eisenberg. She's dating <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg apparently in real life. And they're like, now you're brother and sister.
2: Have fun. I think it's interesting how a guy who only ever had like two big franchises under his belt is Just regarded. Two. What is his other one? He's got he's yeah, got I like how you say announced. just two. I mean most people who else has one. more than
5: one or two franchises. I mean, Joel Silver doesn't count. That's action movies. Stephen King. <laughs> he doesn't have franchises. Stephen King doesn't uh, have a franchise. Uh, what does he have as a franchise? Uh, he has the it franchise. Sometimes they come back.
4: It's not a franchise. <laughs> there's like four sometimes they of those come movies. back, it's not a
5: franchise. No, there's, there's like, two. It's a there's sequel. Four. He there's, made movies with sequels. Stephen King is great at sequels. He doesn't make franchises, he just does one and two. He
0: really doesn't but, have that many sequels. He only has done a few sequels. Yeah.
2: I just, I like, so what? So you got a couple of slasher franchises. I apologize. There, I apologize. I apologize. Stephen King does have Children of the Corn. And <laughs> and sometimes they come back, which has four movies, not two. There are four of them. There's only two. There sometimes they four. come back. And sometimes they come back again. And sometimes they come back for more. And then there's the other one that I can't remember the title of. That's even stupider than that.
0: Are you talking about our audience?
2: I oh. need to do a safety check. I need I need to double check that your your information. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm right. I've only ever seen two, and they came so, out back to back in the 90s. They did. Then they, they, they started putting them out in like the late 20, 2000s or something like that. They were like putting a bunch of them out. Now you fucked me all up.
0: Listen, if I did Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street and I did Scream, I'd be pretty proud with two
2: franchises under my belt. But I feel like everything he made in between those was just not worth talking about. And it's well, interesting think about how... your an-
0: animated artists and stuff. They do one show that becomes successful, then they have to do another
2: show that becomes successful. What is that? What you need to re-explain that?
0: <laughs> you are talking about somebody that's putting a lot of time into one story at a time with television or animation. So, if you have somebody that's doing a franchise, it's kind of similar. Obviously it's not exactly the same thing.
5: But I hear what you're saying. You know. I'm picking don't. up what you're
2: putting down. I don't.
0: Well, that's because it's too similar. It's too close to home and you don't know how to feel. That's
2: what I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mhm. I really don't I, know I what agree you I agree, Justin. I'm just the thinking, anime, like if you're talking like a TV series, it's a lot different, it's a lot more time consuming. It's a lot whatever. A film But you have to expect- have
0: hits because like not but- everybody gets lucky enough to have remember that his, show his and then franchises he,
2: show. he doesn't make the other films in his franchises he just makes the starter film i think with scream he made the other ones but like
0: he made all the screams except for the new one the screams? dead <laughs> couldn't make that one so
2: so like that's the only one that he was really involved in outside of that like
0: but like made, nightmare well even like john carpenter he lost he basically has nothing to do with halloween after like three i think right They take it away from him, and I I get the people being tired of it, but I think it's actually something kind of special that Scream, at least Wes Craven, was able to be in control of it through his entire life. It's like James Cameron with his avatar. He's like, no, this is my thing.
2: Oh god, No one's
0: asking for it, but the people are going to get
2: it. No one's definitely asking for it. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't walk out of this feeling impressed with him. I actually walked out of this feeling like he's less competent of a film director than I initially thought going into it. I always thought he was a little bit better than this, but when you're taking away his franchises and you're focusing on the middle parts like of his career, which which really like they would be the most prolific parts in his career in a lot of ways because you've got to start somewhere. You start with, you know, nightmare and then you kind of, now you're supposed to be going up from there and you just kind of like, Falter, 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 falter. And then you get to people under the stairs, which I don't know if it had a good box office take, but like... It did. Did it? So that one did well. And then after that, you have a couple more falters and then you get Scream, right? Or does he go straight to Scream after people?
0: I don't know if he really faltered too much because he did New Nightmare and then he went in to Scream
2: after that. New Nightmare, I always forget about. It's a strange film too. We talked about that. It's a good movie. Yeah, New Nightmare is like
0: his experiment. It's like pre-Scream. It's like... (laughs) And see, Let's I feel
2: like running. he's really
5: good at breaking the fourth
2: wall, too. I feel like cursed. He was trying to bring a lot of those elements from New Nightmare into as well with like it being people in the industry. I love that he she worked for the Craig Kilborn show. I didn't bring that up. I thought that was really fucking weird.
5: <laughs> I actually forgot that was a show and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This was a thing
0: like of the time in the original script, like when they're talking about Corey Feldman, they're talking about the two Corey's, you know, so Corey Haim is still alive at the time. There was a joke about or something about Anna Nicole Smith she was still alive at the time so like had more of this stuff gotten into the script it would have been even stronger with being think, like of it's
2: time I think literally <laughs> two years later both of them die yeah like I think it's 2006 that both of those same with died. Scott
0: Baio he got cancelled
2: yeah
5: <laughs> yeah but he's not dead he's just canceled. he's dead
3: he's <laughs> dead to me
2: I saw him at a Trump rally two years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> am I am I He's wrong? Dead. in Remembering. You're like, that... I saw
3: curse. You're dead.
2: There was a TV show, correct, called Scott Baio is forty. Yeah. I don't know. And it was a reality show. But there was loves... and pro- it, it probably got canceled. But there was okay. Joanie Loves <laughs> Chachi, and they Chuck named remembers. the character Joanie. Yeah. I know I'm justified in things when Chuck remembers. So another it's thing too, the trap got... of a memory. <laughs>
0: It got cut out of the script a lot, but uh, in the wax museum, it wasn't just horror movie like characters. And one of the big cl- the big climax with like Scott Bayo revealing himself to be <laughs> a werewolf was he keeps getting mistaken for Ponzi and from Happy Days. But like the big thing was gonna end with him with like a Fonzi by the Fonzie wax replica, so it'd be another throwback to Henry Winkler from Scream. Which I did think but there was wasn't wasn't there a uh, Freddy Krueger in Cursed? I thought I saw Freddy yeah. Krueger in the background. There's a, but... the house
2: with the. There's just a standee of the house, and then there's a standee of Freddy in front of the house.
0: So they did have the Xena warrior princess in the original script, and, and they had Hercules. They were both. And, and in Christina the wax Ricci scene. takes the um, the sword, and she decapitates Judy Greer with it.
5: No, she tries to stab her.
0: No, I'm talking about the original script. She deca- oh, in the original. Decaf- See, that would have been awesome. That would have <laughs> been cool. Decaf- so there isn't a bullet hole to the head, and I would have been like- willing
5: to accept yeah. that because that would have been a silver sword. <laughs> that would have been acceptable. So that that ended up
0: staying, but like some things were funny, like they're like hiding behind a Mark Wahlberg wax figure. Like all the wax figures were just like, I guess, over the top for more of like hollywood has there's supposed to be hollywood has i guess is what was the whole concept
2: i kind of don't just ever want to talk about west craven it. again <laughs> what do you what do you guys cover next month
0: uh all the screams
5: nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah
5: no uh
0: i know next month is uh soderbergh
2: i know that at some point we're gonna cover nightmare on elm street just because it's got to come up at some point and i'm fine with that i like nightmare on elm street and i'm sure at some point you'll get me to do the fucking Scream movies, and I will love them. willingly, willingly do it and discuss. It says why the
0: I... person with a giant ghost face, ghost face oh, blanket. Yes,
1: doesn't
3: look like that someone was... that would hate Scream would have.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Ju- Justin <laughs> bought me a wonderful birthday gift of a copy of the movie X, which I very much appreciate, and a giant ghost face Scream blanket, which. <laughs> I will forever cherish and hold on to because my good friend gave it to me and people will say, I thought you hate this movie. I'd be like, well, let me tell you.
3: Justin's <laughs> going to demand to see that at every recording and make sure you haven't thrown it out right, or given yeah, it away.
2: Right. Well, it's on it's the couch this time. Starter. It did slide down, but it's it was, was going to make it my couch blanket, so... That there was you more prominent when we started, yeah.
3: <laughs> That's the yeah. one when the cat pukes, and you're like, hey, just wipe it up with the ghost face blanket.
0: <laughs> oh, no. So to <laughs> answer your question, we are doing Soderbergh next, but our anniversary episode, which we started with originally six years ago, we did Halloween. That was our very first episode. So our anniversary episodes have always been Halloween episodes, minus the year that we didn't have a new Halloween. We did Peeping Tom. But we're going to do Halloween Ends. And we're going to have James back on the podcast, so it'll be probably the last time ever that we have old and new together, and we'll have to figure out what we're going to do for our anniversary episodes. After that, we don't have a decision.
3: Sounds
5: cool. That's very sweet.
0: But uh, Soderbergh, then we got in December, we're going to do one-time directors. So we each have a director that only did one movie.
2: I'm so excited about that.
0: Uh and then January, I think we're gonna do a free for all, no theme, and we're all year long we stuck to directors, which I think it was kind of tough because I kind of want to move on to new things like like very early on. I'm like, do we want to continue doing directors? But I think we hit a lot of good movies.
2: I have to say, like if you wanted to stick with directors, I could definitely make this work for another year. Like no question. There's all kinds of directors that I can think of to go. I mean,
0: to. I'm fine with another director theme if we want to do one down the road. But I kind There'd of definitely want to like now. maybe explore something that's not a director.
5: I enjoyed your West. Uh, sorry, your uh, Spike Lee month. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, those all were pretty good.
2: Yeah, Spike Lee month was excellent. I was a
0: little yeah. That turned out that well. One. Miyazaki <laughs> turned out well. Bigelow turned out well. Blanc Bigelow was a shockingly well.
2: good one. I really enjoyed the Bigelow month. I came out of that very um, educated. I, I learned a lot and gained a lot of respect out of that one. I'm,
5: uh, I'm glad you're learning to have respect for women finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: If only well, she it, could learn to respect women. It oh. was funny though because... Well, it was funny because yeah.
0: Lexi was bringing up um, Olivia Wilde and after... I mean we recorded Bigelow all this stuff came out about Don't Worry Darling where it didn't really sound like she gave a shit about her female cast as much as she did about hooking up with Harry Styles and she didn't seem to care too much about the film itself and I was like I think uh, I think Bigelow might have been more more of a feminist
2: there you go
5: hmm, interesting
0: but we haven't had a bigger feminist than Spike Lee so
2: that's where there it's at go. it's kind of true actually
0: he had re- he has respect for women. Yeah, he does. I don't. He I don't doesn't... think anybody was just like overly disrespectful. If if you think of anybody, maybe Hitchcock. Yeah. <laughs> when we yeah, talked about him,
2: very disrespectful to or, women.
0: Or maybe Stanley Kubrick,
2: but he was just kind of disrespectful to everybody. <laughs> he yeah. was so, just like mean equally, to every single yeah. human being. <laughs> I didn't ask it at the start. Yeah. But here we are, finishing all four of these movies, and now I'm going to ask: Did it's any the of these the Wes Craven movies pass the Bechdel test?
3: probably uh, yes. not cursed
2: yeah cursed cursed it cursed had female on female dialogue but it's correct so mm-hmm. wes craven successfully had <laughs> With one film this entire month that passed the bechdel test he's mm-hmm. still doing better than katherine bigelow <laughs> <laughs> damn
0: <laughs> unless uh. unless we covered zero dark 30 then we would have been fine <laughs>
2: But does Although, she talk to other women in that movie?
0: It was funny though because the Bechtel test—you're not allowed to talk about men—and in Zero Dark Thirty, she's constantly <laughs> talking about Osama bin Laden yeah. and the Taliban, and I'm like, but it's not in a romantic way, so. I think it does. But pass, she is. She is it
2: obsessed. Doesn't pass. It doesn't pass. It doesn't it pass. A man's a man. It's hard. Yep. It's a hard thing it's to pass. It's a hard test. It's uh, a hard mm-hmm. pass. It's a hard pass. We were also. I still. I still like it. Jacob. Did you hear when I said that somehow James Cameron's films pass the Bechtel test, but hers don't? Damn.
0: Eh, well, he doesn't <laughs> win Academy Awards when he's up against her.
2: Oh, wow. I guess she's
5: the better man. She's, she's definitely. The man. She's, def- <laughs> she's
2: the better man. I honestly think she's a better director than James Cameron in a lot of ways. Like we'll when you're talking James, about if we do raw James Cameron, and we do all his best director.
5: movies. Then, if you do James Cameron month, you can only talk about his sequels. Well, he is uh, the master of sequels. That. He is the master of sequels, and from the previous show, Lexi united together. I love my sequels. That being said, though, you just can't have enough
0: uh, sequels under his belt. I mean, I know Terminator Two, Alien Two, or yeah, Alien yeah. out, mm-hmm.
5: But that's not even out yet. Well,
3: that's I mean, why we'll we be to if wait. we ever
0: do one.
5: It's coming out like next week or some shit. Oh, we never say got, a like, got a third. Two, Lies two, no,
2: I always forget he made that one. I, I like The Abyss. Uh, the Abyss is Fire. such a great movie.
5: You have you have Terminator Two, Piranha Two, Aliens, The Avatar Abyss, yeah, 2, Abyss Two, Titanic Abyss Two, 2. Abyss 2 <laughs> I have I have actually
2: never seen True Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic movie. Get on it. I've seen Get like I've seen like pieces of True Lies, but I've never actually seen the whole movie. Do you
0: like Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Arnold?
2: I, everything about that. <laughs> everything about that movie. You is know, in 1994, that sold. <laughs> dude i like tom i arnold. think it's
0: got uh, eliza dushku is like a 15 year old kid
2: that's arnold schwarzenegger i love arnold schwarzenegger i watch all of his movies it's actually one of the only no you don't you didn't watch seen. true lies i know i don't know that how is a true it. lie right there yeah <laughs> there you go
0: busted that you watch Thanks. all arnold schwarzenegger movies except his best movie of all time true lie what well, I,
2: I saw eraser <laughs> in the theater your luggage and I, it, it, saw, I saw End of Days in theater. Yeah,
0: End of Days. That was, that was the end of his career, I think.
2: I love End of <laughs> Days. I think that's a great movie. Oh, goodness. Goodness,
5: goodness.
0: But <laughs> thank you for being on, Jacob. We'll be back yeah. on October 31st. And I'm actually, I think I'm actually going to just throw up all our old Halloween episodes between now and then. So you can listen to our original episode our first episode and then listen to our new episode
2: and see That's how far idea. we've
5: come. I like that. I'm, Jacob. I'm glad can I do a cheap plug?
2: Yeah. I want but you I to haven't do been a plug. here for the Halloween stuff. Honestly, I'm glad
5: you are I now. Of it. I know you're, you're, you're sad about doing the Halloween stuff.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I don't like Halloween. You know that. Oh, you know mm. that. <laughs> yeah. But it's a fun franchise. Eh. I like the Rob Zombie ones. See,
0: I can edit this where she's like, i like halloween and you go i know that
5: yeah i think that's exactly what you should do that's exactly what you should do i'm gonna take out any negative criticism and and she's just gonna say i like halloween but make make sure it's obvious where you have that gap where it's like i like halloween done it's all excited
0: (laughs) yeah plug 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 your podcast plug
1: whatever
5: uh yeah uh check out my podcast ipa sessions a podcast for independent artists it's a place where we like to provide inspirations for practical applications within entertainment uh, if you are a independent artist of any kind whether it's an actor musician uh, filmmaker writer dancer i don't care hit me up at ipa sessions podcast at gmail.com uh, and if you're just someone looking to get into the business and you want to be a filmmaker, a writer, et cetera, et cetera, check out some of our episodes, give it a listen, and hopefully we can uh, help provide you in the right direction and give you a little inspiration. Uh, I also plan to have a Halloween special coming out on Halloween where we get to talk to the scare artists at the haunts to kind of get inside their head and why they do what they do. And if anyone's interested in doing that, hopefully kind of point them in the right
2: direction. So it should be fun. Make sure Thanks. they pay you. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna me and' shot Justin too yeah because me and Justin have been on your show already
5: you have you you both were a part of my two-parter inaugural episodes where I talk about how to be a host and how to make a podcast uh which are actually some of my top episodes so thank you guys it's doing really well nice and i do i do want to get you back and maybe we can get chuck in and we can talk all about how it's going right now as you enter into your anniversary of doing this podcast because you've been doing this almost five years now four years
0: it'll be our five-year anniversary this october i think it'd
5: be great talk about some more i love that we went through the technical with you now we can talk about all the fun ups and downs Mm -hmm. there
0: isn't anything fun yeah
5: yeah yeah
2: i'm now pushing about Almost what, two and a half years doing podcast with our mm-hmm. old show and then coming on this one. So
5: I feel like you're pushing three years. Our old
2: show was uh was uh two years. Yeah, okay. So maybe I'm pushing And then you've three. been doing
5: this for a couple months now too. Listen, so. time yeah, flies.
0: Yeah. When I went back to be like, Is it our fifth anniversary? It's <laughs> like holy shit. I've been doing yeah. it like yeah, six years. It's back. Can't believe it.
5: Well, that's it. That's right.
0: No, I can go down. It could be worse. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's,
5: it's fair.
2: It's fair.
0: Anyways, uh, enjoy the Halloween episodes I put up after this, and jo- tune back in on Halloween to watch, listen to our episode. You're going to have to listen to it that day, because you're probably not going to want to listen to it in November. That's my guess. But uh, Jacob, thanks for being on.
5: Thanks for having me. I love talking with y'all. It's fun. I like just going on and on about bullshit when it comes to movies, because I just love movies. It's been, Apparently, it, I I like a lot of movies, regardless of how bad or good they are. It's been fun telling you
2: that you're wrong again
5: it's, been, I did so, it's been so
2: long since I told you.
5: it's been a while
2: which is funny because the episode before this i have a big discussion about how film is subjective and really doesn't matter
5: what which is why it, it never hurts my watch. feelings
0: listen to don't watch listen to the shocker episode i think that's the best episode if you want to understand lexi opens mm-hmm. up more than Great any other episode, episode. Cause we get down to the negativity, and we get down to what she likes, and she really opens up and gets into it. I or just go back episode.
5: and listen. Yeah, Just go back and listen to two seasons of every episode of <laughs> Three Demons. Well, a you'll say, say
0: like, there. "What do you think about this?" <laughs> nah, didn't like it. And you'll say, "Why?" It was bad.
1: <laughs> Can you
0: expound? <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. That's I do like appreciate a thesaurus. that. That's just saying the same thing again.
5: <laughs> right? I do appreciate that when Lexi doesn't like a movie, she tells you why and it's reasonable and it's valid. I just don't agree with it.
0: But now we we're going to have to get into why Lexi likes exactly. movie. We're going to be like, you like
5: this movie? Yeah. Oh, and man. we know she's a Scream fan now, so that's great. Yep, yeah. We've changed
2: her. <laughs> <laughs> Big uh, Ghostface fan over here. Going to gonna tattoo like my whole thigh with it.
0: The next Gift is a tattoo certificate, but it's only
2: for a ghost face tattoo. Yeah, can't specifically. Use it for else. <laughs> but like, like a really expensive one, so it's like intricate and detailed. Like, can it be Ghostface, but it says
5: Cinema de More? <laughs> so oh, it's like be... very specific design.
2: <laughs> I totally get it.
5: <laughs> just just remember, Lexi, when it comes to tattoos and you being a big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, you've got to get the Wes Craven tattoo with Wes Craven oh. holding the Freddy glove. Oh, no, wearing uh, the that's glove. How you, that's a, yeah, wearing the glove. Sorry, <laughs> wearing the glove. That's how you do it.
0: Actually, it'd be funny because he was just holding it. You're like, why is he not wearing <laughs> the glove? holding it. Just holding with, it.
2: With the screen mask on the end of the finger hanging off. Of there the you yellow. go. There you go. Love it. <laughs> Good night, everyone.
1: Have a sweet night Bye Bye.
2: I like Halloween We
0: are Cinema De More Follow us on Facebook and Twitter To stay up to date with news and information On upcoming episodes Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Bodbean, Spotify, Amazon Music Audible, Pandora, Alexa Or iHeartRadio It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast On your platform of choice We also appreciate feedback So rate us, review us, and let us know what you think And above all else, thank you for listening.
5: That's true. I was a senior in college. With the exception of Disney movies, I was raised in a very strict fundamentalist family, church, where going to movies was considered too sinful, except for Disney movies. So I did see all the Disney movies, maybe one a year or
3: something. You sure you weren't a Mormon? (laughs) No, Baptist.
1: I really like werewolves. I like werewolves in (laughs) Shreveport.